I would rather be in trouble with Jesus than in peace without Jesus. your focus. Thank you for joining us for Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. Amen. Well, tonight we want to look at some very familiar scripture the Lord has really laid upon my heart. And I pray that, I mean, this thing is like a bomb. It's like a bomb. And I pray that this word really impacts you in a deeper, more profound way. It will leave you in a place where you just constantly just seek the Lord and ask him, ask him. I mean, just continue to seek him. All right. So tonight we're going to go into the book of Matthew, the eighth chapter, Matthew eight. And we're going to look at scripture, verse 23 through 27. Very, very, very familiar text of scripture. And tonight we want to really title this, keep your focus, keep your focus, keep your focus. All right, Matthew, the eighth chapter, I'll read, go ahead and read verse 23 through 27, then we'll go back and talk about it. And when he was entered into a ship, talking about Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? I want to see a great number of things here, and and excuse my excitement, I want to jump a few times. Oh, I just love Jesus, man. He's the hero of the story. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I just, I just love these encounters with his presence. So thank you for joining us and being here with me tonight. So, all right, back in verse number 23, it says, Jesus entered into a ship and his disciples followed him. Now, since we read the account, you are familiar with this before. I wonder how many people would have joined Jesus on that cruise had they known what was going to happen. Had they known. He didn't tell them what was going to happen. The Bible says that when they were there, a great tempest or great storm arose, which means that it wasn't there when they started, but it came into existence as they went. But let me say this too. I would rather be in trouble with Jesus than in peace without Jesus. Because he knows the path of the eternal. He knows the eternal path that we must follow. And this path is not always one that is pleasing. It's not always one that is comfortable. But as long as we are with him, we're in the safest place. So I want to show you something again. So it says they followed him into the ship. Now, of course, this was a time of testing and it was a time of trial. They followed Jesus. They followed Jesus into trouble. Just like Jesus followed the Holy Spirit into trouble there into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. So this was the time of tempting. This was the time of testing. And God already knows our strength, but he's allowing us to go into this environment so that we can ascertain the strength so that we can know what our weaknesses are, what our faults are. 
so that we would know what it is so that we can repent, correct it, get it right before we go out and go into something else. The father is so merciful because he knows what's up ahead of us. He knows the trouble. He knows the pain and all of that that's ahead of us. And he knows where we are now that we can't handle that now. And so he will allow a testing period. He allowed the testing time so that you can ascertain your strength, know where you are and correct it, get strong. And then when that time comes, when that evil day comes, you'll be ready for it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's what the Bible says in the book of James, that we should count it all joy, but it doesn't feel good. But the Bible says count it all joy. Why? Because the father is making something strong and powerful. And when this thing is over, you'll be perfect, entire, lacking nothing. Hallelujah. You'll have your hope like strength. Praise the Lord. You'll be smashing. Hallelujah. This thing won't even bother you. Glory to God. But so the Lord takes you through. Now, so again, remember the Bible says that the Lord Jesus led them into, they followed him into this testing period. They followed him into this environment. Hallelujah. So let's go and look at verse 24. It says, and behold, there arose again a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with waves. Let me bring that next word to you. The word covered. The word covered means to be hidden. It means that you could no longer see the disciples. You could no longer see the boat. You could no longer see Jesus. All you saw was the waves and waves were representatives of trouble, trouble. This was danger. This was not imaginary. This was not virtual. This was danger. They were afraid for a reason. Just like Daniel and lion's den, those were not little cats. Those were lions. That was real danger. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire furnace. That was real danger, real stuff. So the disciples had a reason to be afraid. This was real. They could drown. They could die. And so there they are. And the Bible says again, the ship was covered, covered with trouble. Covered with trouble, covered with worries, covered with anxiety. We would say today we're covered. If you look in the news media, the news media is covered with words of COVID-19 and joblessness and investment crashes and this person getting attacked, that person getting attacked. And if you don't watch it, we also can be covered in all of this stuff and act the same way the disciples did. Now, there are two ways that you can act in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your covering. Two ways. One, you can be fearful, terrified and say to the Lord, don't you care about me? I'm going to die, Jesus. I'm going to perish. Matter of fact, one of the other Gospels, I believe the Gospel of Mark says that the disciples woke Jesus up and said, care us not that we perish. Don't you care about me? Don't you care about what I'm going through? Don't you care about my bills? Don't you care about my job? Don't you care? I may get this virus and I may die. Don't you care, Lord? Don't you care? You see, this was the same Jesus that they saw heal the multitudes, the same Jesus that they saw move with great compassion, the same Jesus a few moments ago. They were comfortable. But this trial has unearthed a weakness that they really did not trust him fully. They thought they did, but they really didn't trust him fully. They really didn't believe in him like they should. There are two ways to go through this trial. One, we can be terrified, petrified. We can just go bonkers with everything that's going on right now. Or two, we can trust in Jesus. 
Trust in his presence. Now, Jesus was asleep. He was not talking to him at the moment. He was asleep. It seemed to be God was inactive. All you knew is that he was with you. He's there. Bartholomew, he's there. Matthew, he's there. But he ain't saying nothing. Doesn't he see all this stuff going on around us? He ain't saying nothing. I've been praying, 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 praying. God's not talking to me. I don't feel his presence, but his word says that he is here. When we get to the point when his presence is not enough, we've got problems. You won't always hear his voice. You won't always feel his presence, but you must know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And here's a word that the Lord gave to me. This is what he said. He said, no matter what happens, no matter what you see, you can always trust in me. And I remember that and it reverberated in my soul. No matter what happens, no matter what you see, you can always trust in me. No matter what happens, no matter what you see, you can always trust in me. Trust that he is there. And there's an old song that said, if you can't trace his hand, just trust his heart. He'll never leave you. No, he won't. So there's Jesus. You know, he's there. Again, you go through the storm two ways. One, you can be fearful. Or second, you can trust him. And you can sleep in the midst of a storm as well. But the storm revealed a weakness in them. that they really didn't trust him fully. Really didn't trust him fully. Let's go on a little bit. Let me show you this. Oh, this is so wonderful. And so the Bible goes on to say here. Let's look at verse 20, verse 25. It says, and his disciples came to him and awoke him. Notice it says, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, here's a question. Why are ye fearful? He didn't say, what are you afraid of? He said, why are you fearful? The word fearful gets two words, right? Fear, full. Why are you full of fear? Why are you fearful? That's a very piercing question. Why are you fearful? Now, to the average person, you would say, Jesus, don't you see the waves here? (laughs) Have you heard the latest statistics about the COVID thing? Haven't you heard about the, the government this and this and that? Haven't you heard... Haven't you heard? Don't you know how this thing works, Jesus? You know, water is supposed to stay under the boat and the boat goes on top and it's not supposed to go over us, covering us. It's not supposed to fill the ship. Why are you asking? Jesus said, look, I understand why they are afraid, but why are you afraid? Surely they were not the only ones on this lake. I understand why they are afraid of the pandemic, why they are afraid of death. I understand why they are afraid of losing their job. But why are you full of fear? I'm with you. The great God of everything, the one who created everything, the great El Shaddai is with you. The healer, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals us is with you. Your provider, your everything. Why are you full of fear? Why? He looks at the disciples. Here's the testing results here. The result says that fear, fear is there. The fear that they did not know existed was there. And it was there all along. The storm, the winds and all that didn't produce their timidity. It didn't produce their fear. The fear was already there. The storm unearthed it. It brought it to the surface. The fire brought it to the surface. Now they could see it. We said 
We have to keep our focus in Jesus, our focus on him. Why is that? Because they lost their focus on him and they began to look at everything else. And where faith is not present, fear abounds. Where faith is not present, fear abounds. Fear and faith are total opposites of the spectrum. When you have one, you don't have the other. When you have the other, you don't have the one. So because they were full of fear, they were lacking in faith. He said, why are you fearful? Why are you full of fear? Why are you? And then he begins to answer that same question. He said, oh, ye of little faith. You don't believe me. You don't really trust me like you think you do. And confessing that in a believer's heart, man, that cuts like a knife. God, I've been going to church. I've been knowing you. But every time they say about somebody else died, I just, I recoil. Lord, I've been trusting you and I pay my tithe to give my offerings. But when they talk about this happening in the economy and to say that, God, I really don't trust you the way that I should. I really don't trust you to that degree. I really don't have that type of faith in you. Forgive me for even bringing those words to my mouth to say to you. But it's true. And I know that you already know it so. And you've allowed this situation to show me what you already knew. And it's up to us to confess that thing, repent, get in his word, get sure in his word so that we may be ready when the real evil day comes. Because there will be a real evil day. At this point, their peace, their faith, their peace collapsed. It fell like when the big bad wolf blew on the straw house. (laughs) Whatever you want to say about that. It collapsed. But later on in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, when they faced danger, when they faced the devil, their faith did not collapse. It stayed strong. You can see the big J on every one of their chests with tape flying. They were strong in God, but they had to go through something. Let me show you this as we begin to close here. Let's go on, just finish up. And Lord, my. All right. So again, verse 26, it says, and he said unto them, why are ye fearful? You have to ask yourself that question because the presence of fear lets you know that your faith is weak in that area. There is a weakness there. There is a weakness there. And for us to say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, you must be lying to yourself because the Lord already sees it and knows it. The presence of fear means that faith must be developed in that area. The presence of fear means that faith must be developed in that area. And let's go in and ask the Lord to give us wisdom and and find his word and get shored up in that word. Just confess it out. Just say to him, honestly, just say to him because he already knows. But not only does the father know it, the devil knows it too. And he's planning to attack you in that area. But the father holds that attack back. He holds that back until you are ready. Until you're ready. Look at this in verse 26 again. He said, And he said unto them, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose. Now, first of all, we saw in verse 24 that a storm arose. That was a big storm. But now the bigger is about to arose. (laughs) Oh, you can get that, man. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. The storm arose. Then Jesus arose. Hallelujah. And one of them, there's a showdown here. One of them's going to win. I wonder which one it is. He arose and rebuked the wind, rebuked the sea. That was a great calm, great calm. And the disciples finally realized, what kind of man is this? Who are you? Now they see him in a different light after the trial is over. 
Now they see them because you couldn't see Jesus like that on the land, but you could see him in the midst of this like this. But it's important, again, for us to endure these trial situations. And when they comes upon you, when you feel that fear come upon you, count it all joy. The Lord has allowed this to build my faith. When they say something nasty to you on some sort of social media post, you say, Lord, why is this happening to me? When you feel your heart drop and you feel the tears beginning to come from your eyes or something happens at work or something happens here and there. You say, why does this always happen to me? Rejoice! Because once again, the father's showing you there's a spot right there when fear creeps in the door. There is a spot right there. He's saying, come, son, come, daughter. Let's reason together. Let's talk about this. I have to get you ready for the evil day. And on that evil day, you will stand. The Bible declares that the wicked flee when no man pursue him. But the righteous are bold as lions. We will roar in the face of our adversary. You will roar. Again, Peter thought he was ready. I mean, he confessed to the Lord before the Lord's crucifixion. You know, Jesus said, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter said, no way, Lord. No way, Basma. Uh-uh. I'm ready to die with you, Jesus. I'm never going to deny you. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, Peter. I'm telling you, bro. Before that rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. No, 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 I'm not Jesus. I'm not going to do this. You don't know what's in you until the fire is applied. You lose your focus, lose your focus. So the end of it is, can we continue to look at Jesus, continue to keep our focus on Jesus in the midst of all the hell and calamity that's going around us? Can we keep our focus on him? And then, of course, you know, Peter had another encounter with that as he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And we know why he sank, because he looked at everything else. There's that wind again, bolsters, there's all this other stuff happening. And he looked away from Christ, the object of the game, if you want to say it. Can we keep our focus and attention on Jesus through it all? Because as we look to him, as we keep our focus on him, we become like him. You become what you behold. And if all these other things are just distractions, the money problems, relationship problems, physical problems, sickness, people dying, God bless them all. But all of that is a distraction to our eternal destiny. We must keep our focus on him because as long as we keep our focus on Jesus, the impossible becomes possible and we become filled with the character And the nature of Jesus, it is my prayer, it is my prayer that the glory of God would shine about me, in me, and through me to effect a change in the world around me. I want the world to see Christ manifested in me and through me. And when I speak, whether it's in a pulpit or at the 7-Eleven, maybe it's not 7-Eleven anymore, or at Walmart, when I say a word, I want them to hear Jesus When they see me come in the door, I want them to see Jesus. When your presence fills the room, I want his presence to fill the room. Because the world, we're good people. You guys are handsome. You're lovely. You're pretty. You're beautiful. But they don't need more of us. They need more of Jesus. And it is up to us not only to present Jesus, to represent him, but to represent him to the world. I know that when they see the true body of Christ stand and arise, I know that many, not all, of course, we know that, 
But I know that many will turn and look and say, who is your God? Tell me about him. But until that day, I'll ask you the question once again. Why are you fearful? Why are you full of fear? Jesus is with you. Let's make our confession. Let's get in that word. Let's pray. Let's spend that time with Father so that we can be strong against the evil day that is coming. Thank you for joining us for Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the word. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, Keep Your Focus, by Mark Stroud. This message is number 6580. That's 6580. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6580 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the Word.